0: Welcome to Season 7 of the Leadership Educator Podcast, your source for knowledge and expertise on facilitating leadership learning. Are you passionate about leadership education? Do you want to expand your resource toolbox with practical strategies for teaching, learning and program design? Then this is the podcast for you. If you haven't done so already, please hit subscribe so you'll never miss an episode. Hi, and welcome to the Leadership Educator Podcast. I am Lauren Bullock, Assistant Professor of Instruction at Temple University.
1: And I'm Dan Jenkins, professor of leadership and organizational studies at the University of Southern Maine, and we're very excited about this very timely episode of the Leadership Educator Podcast. So today's episode features Dr. Gordon Schmidt, professor of management and director of the David and Sharon Turntine School of Management at the University of Louisiana Monroe, and Dr. Sai Islam, associate professor of psychology at Farmingdale State College and VP of Consulting at Talent Metrics Consulting. Welcome to the show. Happy to be here. Yeah, great to be here. Yeah, so every once in a while, uh, we go uh, off theme with our theme for the uh, season. And sometimes it's for a book project that captures our attention. So uh, we got an email over the summer from uh, a dedicated listener who shares an idea that we absolutely love. Uh, This time, uh, Gordon's email caught our eye, as I said. And he's recently come out with a co authored book titled Leaders Assemble. Uh, leadership in the mcu and no mcu is not an abbreviation for a university it's a reference to the marvel (laughs) comic universe so uh and i've had a conversation about many different marvel movies and i think it was the thor movie thor love what was it love and thunder is that is that the exact right title of it yeah because
0: it was in the summertime when we were (laughs) talking that thor love it and we we talked about going to see it and and like thor is one of the the movies that i have been less excited about that series i've been less excited about and then lo and behold gordon's email lands in your inbox and we're and here we are
1: and here we are yeah and like serendipity so we i think we've talked maybe briefly or once or twice over the last season or one maybe it was one of our summer episodes around one of our longtime listeners and then i guess i'd say partners of the podcast who's also been a guest scott allen who does the phronesis podcast he for years had been trying to get me to come to the management and organizational behavior teaching society uh, annual conference and so i made my way out to uh, uh pomona california in june and uh, and joined scott and also and got to meet gordon in person and so that was that was nice and uh it was uh, very just again serendipity that we happen to be in the same space after exchanging emails what maybe a week 10 days before that or something like oh, that so it was great and i had a nice conversation during one of the receptions and had been looking forward to this conversation for now for for some time so yeah. And I'm and yeah, um, I'm definitely, definitely geek out on the Marvel, the MCU uh series as well. I think I'm caught up, although, well, it's kind of hard to say that like the major features I'm caught up on, except there's some random ones in the last six months that it's it's hard to <laughs> to keep up. But my uh, my younger daughter and I, over the last I guess year and a half, went back and just watched everything from start to finish in Marvel Universe order, the major features that is. And so we just finished Endgame two weeks ago Um, and so then we're going to start going into the ones that that happen after uh, after endgame and we'll see how far we can get it's funny like i saw some meme recently on i'm trying to remember where where i saw it doesn't matter somewhere on social media but it's like you know people in the year 2045 and they're like oh whoa we have to watch 87 movies to catch (laughs) up on (laughs) you know (laughs) to bring us up to speed what you know and so they have created quite a universe for sure so I mentioned a little bit about how I met meet We're meeting side for the for the first time here. What, what is y'all's origin story uh, as we go with uh, you know, the uh, the the superhero theme here? What's y'all's origin story of this project? Uh, so this was just um, there was a listserv
2: email about a new book series that uh, Mike Urich uh, was putting together with Emerald that was going to be exploring leadership practice through popular culture. So Mike had wrote a book on Star Wars, uh, a book on Middle Earth as well, uh, and they were looking for other books. So I just emailed Cy and said, "Hey, we should do this. Might as well make a proposal. What's the worst that could happen?" You know, and and in academics, I feel like that's part of at least how I do it. Is I see something, I was like, "Huh, might as well give it a shot." <laughs> yeah, you know, yeah. we, I actually, you know, it's in teaching leadership and stuff. I know something about this topic area. I know stuff about Marvel and the movies, um, and so it's certainly not the biggest reach I've ever done with some random thing <laughs> from an academic listener. I can yeah. figure out that topic, uh, but with this one, I was like, we can put together some fun stuff. I think mm-hmm. uh, for this idea, and yeah. so Simon, I talked about what we'd want to do with the book. Uh, we read the the previous books in the series that weren't out yet, uh, but took a look at them and really like, wow, this is a great way to to really do this to use these engaging examples, uh, use really, you know, empirically supported research concepts about leadership uh, and then have a really clear reflection part of, okay, this is what we want to do. And so that's what Si and I did. We just got together. We said, let's make a proposal. Uh, Let's figure out how we, what, what do we think's most relevant and what does Marvel mean for leadership versus, you know, some other type of pop culture, you know, a normal type of leadership.
3: Yeah, that's that's actually, you know, it, it's funny because we had been using Marvel examples and other types of examples in leadership um, and other courses that we've taught. Uh, and we always kind of share ideas and say like, hey, here's a clip that you could use. Here's an idea for an activity. But we were already in that, in that mode of thinking about pop culture and how to use it to connect with students, to connect with, you know, uh, potential clients, things like that. Uh, So this book series was right up our alley.
0: I love Mm -hmm. hearing that because one of the things I I find valuable in teaching leadership classes is my students, like the first day I'll say, kind of who are your leaders? And they'll name like Martin Luther King and like all these people who are like dead or old, who have done meaningful things and contributed greatly. And I'm like, that's wonderful, but who's leading you now? And and where are you learning leadership Mm -hmm. in the present? And so Mm -hmm. having something like this makes it so easy to organize all of those those ideas and thoughts like you shared about the activities. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, someone could pick up this book and assign, you know, chapter two for reading, kind of a very strong um, you know, curriculum around, you know, understanding leadership transitions. And so the thing that I love is I've been watching. So let me walk back a little bit. I started watching Marvel when Captain America came out in 2008. My then boyfriend, now husband, invited me to go with him and my now stepson to the movie club. And as you know, new in a relationship, I couldn't say no. So I was sitting through (laughs) these movies thinking like, oh, God, here we go. And they're actually really good movies. And so now I'm like ready to go. Like I was sharing with you all before I have my Black Panther tickets already like said, my seats are chosen. I've done everything, but pick the food at the movie theater, you know, but I've been watching through this leadership lens for so many years. Um, and I'll also share it like this. My, so my older son is 22, maybe when he was like 13 or 14, I asked him how, how, like, can you describe leadership? And he was like, yeah. And ran off this great definition. I'm like, you know, like you just barely remember to like change your underwear like how do you know this uh-huh. definition of leadership almost better than some of my students, and and he was like, well, you know, I watch Marvel like Captain America and I'm like, like I was watching through a leadership lens but I didn't realize mm-hmm. the effect it was having on them so now like having the book. Um, is super helpful in this space. Mm. Um, you know, I can appreciate the connections to leadership. So like y'all said, you know, you took these leadership concepts that you already had put in place. It just feels like it's now this super organized book that you can, you know, assign for a class to read. So I appreciated it.
2: Yeah. And that's kind of our feeling with it is this pop culture. It's engaging. It's stuff that we already are interested in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and you, that's so, a better way to do it. Yeah. Are
0: y'all doing like a Kim Kardashian version or like, what's the next one in the series now that we've got MCU is there like, um, are we going to so, do DC? Like what, what's next in the the universe? So
2: th- there was, there's a Harry Potter and leadership book that's out um mm-hmm. by, by our a collaborator, Addy Simha, which mm. is, a, which is a great book. I, I got a chance to finally read it recently. <laughs> um, There's going to be a game of Thrones one, I think coming out yeah. next year uh a good time for game of thrones really um i, I know they were talking about how it is did it peak but with a new series actually did really well and yeah. you know well regarded <laughs> oh that's well. awesome it seems like yeah. it's it's actually a pretty good time i think for that book uh, and i believe handmaid's tale book is coming out next year oh wow pretty crazy um we do have a book in the pipeline based on avatar the last airbender and leadership, yeah. which is going to be awesome. It's it's a very interesting franchise. It's different than Marvel, um, and you know we got a lot of people that grew up on that that series yeah. that now are you know our young leaders and organizations, whether just getting out of college or or mm-hmm. really having an impact. Yeah. Um, and so we're very excited about that. So that's that's our that's our next one in this series at least. And I know yeah. they've got you know they're always looking for proposals. There's proposals they send to us as we're part of the editorial board that we look at um and so there's a lot of potentially interesting things Mm -hmm. coming out depending on you know how how often they want to release books and what they want yeah Yeah, everybody loves their thing
0: (laughs) yeah that well and it's great opportunity. I always say like I kind of I don't care like who you talk about in terms of leadership, but just that you Mm -hmm. understand it. And so having them in those spaces where students or young people or people in general already reading, watching, learning, Mm -hmm. it it makes it so that it's super easy to kind of slide those leadership concepts in in relation to um, the 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 organizing unit, MCU, Harry Potter, all of them. Mm -hmm.
2: Well, I think it'd be really cool once there's enough books is like you could just do your class and be like, hey, pick one of the books based on the franchise you like. Yeah, yeah. I think the bookstore would want to kill you if you were like, there's a choice of 12 different books Books. (laughs) you could do, (laughs) Uh, but it would be amazing to be like, oh, I really care about. Yeah. Like this this yeah. series and we're gonna you know so I'm gonna talk about leadership in that like I think it'd be, it'd be really meaningful
0: yeah or even just leadership. read this and then try and write it or craft it yourself like I can mm-hmm. see in my oh, comments, yeah. so so my I teach communicating leadership and mm-hmm. and the, the thing I talk about is you're going to talk about leadership in various places so for one assignment they work together on a video for another assignment they write a research paper so they get into the literature and so you know I share kind of like you're going communi- to communicate it in these different ways how do you consume it? and I could see, okay, like sharing a chapter or sharing the book and say, okay, now go choose your thing. I also think I need to improve my TV skills because I usually watch TV as like a, like a decompressor. And Mm -hmm. so I'm like watching like Real Housewives and like, you know, Hip Hop Kids and like all these shows that are just kind of not like good reality. Maybe I'll do it on the challenge. Do y'all watch Real World, MTV? That would actually be,
3: yeah, that would actually be very, very good. Survivor or the challenge, I think. I don't watch those shows, but from- uh, talking to people that I know that do watch them, I think they w- they would be great examples um, of leadership. Uh, also, Amazing Race, I think might be might be really good. You know, so the stuff is out there. It's really, yeah. especially the way that we've conceptualized leadership as sort of like an influence process. Mm-hmm. Um, it expands the definition. Expands what might count as uh, as leadership. It's not just top down. It's also between peers. You know, it's also, you know, subordinates, you know, guiding uh, behavior of, uh, you know, of their managers. But I think it's a great way to kind of get everybody to start thinking about, well, where are these influence processes and how can I see them in, uh, in not just in in textbooks or in history books, but also actively um, in, in pop culture that we're getting?
2: Yeah, that's definitely one of our goals is making accessible for whatever, wherever you're at, And you don't have to be the designated boss to do this. And so to me, almost any, any, any pop culture has some people influence each other. There's some leaders, whether they're called that, and to expand your definition of what a leader is, is probably helpful for you and you being a leader. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that's, that's an issue.
1: Yeah. I think there's, I mean, there's so many examples and they're so accessible, right? Because especially for, for some of our younger i mean i guess it i guess it spans ages right i mean you you talked about the book perhaps coming out around middle earth harry potter game of thrones and the marvel universe and folks that got into marvel from the comic books as opposed to to the movies and these are stories that i mean we are we are humans right it's our it's our storytelling that uh in many cultures brings us all together and this is just another exemplar of that one of the learning activities that I've done in my undergraduate course. I guess I've been teaching some version of an introduction to leadership course since about 2008 of the two universities that I've that I've worked at. And the while the assignment has evolved, it's basically called leadership in film. And students Oops. choose Oops. A, a movie. I try to have it being one feature film. If it's like a trilogy, that's about as far as I'm willing to like um, stretch. But they have to use it as a springboard for conversation around at least two concepts that were covered during the semester. And it generally one or two groups will go, you know, during the last three to four weeks of the semester. It is, you know, they've got some pretty strict time structure around it. I think it's, I think it's 30 to 40 minutes uh, max or as kind of the, the range they're only allowed to show. I think it's no more than like 10 to 12 minutes of clips because <laughs> one year, I think I watched half of Happy Feet 2 during a class yeah. period and I won't get that time back in my life. <laughs> and so. But some of these feature films and and uh, and I guess series that we've been talking about um, have are fan favorites, right? I mean, probably half of the Marvel movies have showed up in some form when I've been teaching that class. Definitely, all these these others that we were talking about, the Harry Potters and the Lord of the Rings and what have you, because there's just so much. You know, I mean, the fellowship of the ring. I mean, what other what more collaborative Avengers assemble? I mean, we have so many, you know, (laughs) examples of collaborative leadership and shared leadership and and some of these others. And Mm. so it's I love the way that we're able to incorporate this art and media as case studies, as pedagogy. And what you all have put together, along with some of your colleagues here, is, is really is really fantastic.
2: Yeah, I just I just totally agree Although you're mostly saying we were great, so agreeing with that sounds like not <laughs> okay. Not the modest go. thing, I guess. But but yeah, no. <laughs> th- and so I think that sounds like a great assignment. Um, and yeah, meeting people where they're at and what interests yeah. them is always something that I think we we try to do. Because um, yeah, to, to me, leadership it's it's an applied thing. It's a real thing. We want your stuff to be based on empirical research and good concepts. But if you don't understand any of those things. Mm-hmm. it's a problem and that's why that's really what we're trying to do with the book is how do we take these things that are complicated uh that are you know uh, research supported and try to make them so that you can use it and you can understand it here's a clear example of it yeah. uh, it's yeah. not just a ceo because that's that's something right. we certainly feel is a lot of it is like mm-hmm. be steve jobs be elon musk and all mm-hmm. these things mm-hmm. and i don't think you should i'm just gonna throw that out there <laughs> Uh, you, know, you heard it here first, um, but you know, you're not, and even if you're in, if you're in college and coming out, you're not likely to be in either of that type of roles of that CEO, that strategic vision, yeah. you're likely to be a manager dealing with people or even not even a manager. Uh, and that's where I think thinking about leadership, you know, as influence and all that is, you know, we see in a lot of leadership scholars, people that really think about mm-hmm. it is just so crucial. Mm-hmm. Um, because you can have impact even if you're just you know low man on the totem pole you can influence people and have him or just um, your your friendly
1: neighborhood spider-man right yeah so <laughs> so um you know the only and i wasn't sure if i'd ever get an opportunity to share this 30 second story on the podcast maybe this pushes the g rating of our podcast i guess you'll you'll find out lauren um Hello, so so so, no. <laughs> so only one time only one time ever did i have a. Uh, I did. Somebody get embarrassed during this assignment? So this would have been back when I was still at the University of South Florida, and a group of students chose Toy Story. And you're like, "Where is he going with this?" So a group of students chose chose Toy Story. Did a great job with Toy Story. They even came all dressed up in the characters. So we had a Woody, and we had a Buzz, and we had um whatever. Uh, we had T uh, T Rex. I guess just Rex, right? And the and Slinky. And then one of the women in the group, young lady, had a, just a name tag that said, "Hello, my name is Little Bo Peep." and i was like huh you know so they did a great job and i'm debriefing with them afterward and i said you know wow you guys did a great job i love the costumes and i you know i can't remember what the young lady's name was but I, you know i said hey i just noticed that you didn't dress up to the level of your of your teammates and she just got like beet red and i was like oh i'm sorry I did i i didn't mean to, you know embarrass you and then she goes oh no she goes so my roommate said she had a little Bo peep costume that i could uh, borrow for this assignment um, she left it out, and when I saw it, I realized it probably wasn't going to be appropriate for your class, Mr. Jenkins. <laughs> and, <laughs> and then she started laughing, and the rest of the class started laughing, and I was like, "Oh, oh it was that kind of little Bo Peep costume." So, in any case, um, you know. But I, but I love it when you know, because it does give the students an opportunity to really get into the characters and share the stories that they love. All right. So back to the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. You know, ironically, um, or maybe again some serendipity. So this season, our theme has been mentorship mentor-mentee relationships, talking to people who write about or or research mentorship and mentorship programs, mostly in higher ed, but in other spaces as well. And you you all actually shared with us initially, and you have a chapter in your book on mentoring, where you discuss how mentoring works and mm-hmm. some famous MCU mentor-mentee pairs. And you even talk mm-hmm. about peer mentoring, which I love. And we, it's been a, a, yeah. a big kind of sub-theme that we've really emphasized as we've talked about mentoring the, this season uh, between the different multiple uh, Spider versus, if you will. So, would would you share just a little bit with our audience about how you you all use Spider Man and the multiverse to explain mentorship?
3: Sure. Uh, You know, Spider Man, uh, you know, and Into the Spider Verse is a great example of mentorship because you have this new Spider Man, Miles Morales, that kind of gets thrown into um, the world of, of, uh, you know, being a Spider Man. And he doesn't know how to do that. Like, there's no class that you take, there's no like training you know, nobody's really going around and, and saying like, hey, here's how you how you become a superhero. And no
2: class yet, Dan. No class. <laughs> Spider-Man leadership the class. The free idea for anyone listening to the podcast.
1: There we go. I'll see if I can get that through um, the curriculum committee. <laughs> yeah,
2: exactly, exactly. And
3: so you have, uh, you have, in Spider-Verse is a great example of mentorship because you have this older Spider-Man uh, who enters this universe and is able to give Miles some advice Able to model uh, some behaviors, both both good and bad. Uh, but then he also has peer mentors. He has, um, you know, Spider Gwen, who is you know somebody at his level. She's been operating on her own, and they can kind of learn from each other. And so in the chapter, we talk about the benefits of mentoring for mentees. Obviously, the, the benefits are access to you know like the, the person's network, their knowledge. Uh, guidance to, you know, uh, in, in order to achieve certain goals, but then there are benefits for the mentor as well. Uh, and you see that in Spider-Verse very clearly that, uh, you know, Peter B. Parker has a lot of issues. He's got a lot of things that he's working through. He's nervous about having children and the process of being a mentor to Miles really changes his view. He says like, maybe maybe my MJ and I, maybe we can be a family. Maybe I can contribute something. And so we see this a lot in organizations. There's some really strong research that's come out in the last couple of years that shows that mentors really do benefit from the mentor-mentee relationship. And it's not just you know top-down. Uh, peer mentors can also benefit in terms of sharing information, sharing knowledge, you know, kind of uh, providing emotional support. So mentoring is a is a really uh, powerful. Um, you know, powerful activity that if you engage in it appropriately and if you find the right mentor can be really valuable. Um, you know, we talk a lot about mentor matching. Um, if we look at, you know, uh, Captain, Amer- Captain America Civil War where Tony Stark and Peter, you know, first kind of connect, uh, you see that they're a good mentor match because they're they're very similar. They're both huge nerds. They, you know, both love technology. And Peter looks up to Tony, in a lot of ways, because he's he's got money. You know that's a that's a big thing for Spider Man. For those of you who read Spider Man comics or have seen seen the shows, he never has he, he's never wealthy, uh, and so that's a big deal. Knowing that oh I could be a scientist and I can take care of my family, I can still do this um, is is very appealing to him. Uh, and lately, uh, I think Gordon and I have written a lot about mentorship. Uh, we have an upcoming chapter that's uh, going to be dealing with mentorship. Um, in Spider-Man psychology that's coming out next year. Uh, and then we also uh, wrote a uh, you know little blog post about She-Hulk and mentorship uh, that came out a couple of weeks ago. So we've really been thinking a lot about mentoring and, and how that process works.
0: Can I ask, have you thought about happy in the mentorship space? So like in that chapter, you do talk Mm -hmm. about the multi, you you talk about Spider-Man B, you talk about Gwen, um, and you talk about some of the other, the Spider-Mans, but I wonder where happy fits into that, especially after, spoiler alert, Iron Man dies, Mm -hmm. and happy, and then Right. And then um, Happy comes in and he's kind of always been there as mm-hmm. like this liaison almost. But then mm-hmm. when Spider-Man dies, when Iron Man dies, he then kind of moves into more of a role of yeah. mentorship. Right. So I wonder where Happy fits him.
3: So Happy is interesting because Happy sort of fits into the same space as Aunt May and Uncle mm-hmm. Ben, that he's, he doesn't have powers. And so one of the things that we try to address in... Um, in in the chapter, and I think also in in Leaders Assemble, is it's not a straight one-to-one. Like, the the perfect match for you as a mentor isn't exactly the person that's, that's in the position that you necessarily want. It's somebody who can provide you with some guidance. And Happy's actually a pretty good mentor because he, even though he doesn't have superpowers, he's been in the orbit of Iron Man, and he's seen from just a regular person's perspective what somebody might need. And so that knowledge is really valuable. And we we wrote the book before No Way Home came out, but uh No Way Home shows why knowing Happy is important because he, you know, uh Peter has access to, you know, resources through Happy that he wouldn't have had um, you know, uh, otherwise. And so, you know, one of the things that that we try to stress to students and I try to stress to clients is that you don't have to have that perfect match of you know, oh, this person has the exact job that this person is looking for, so they should be mentored by them. The The goal is to really just get that, that organizational knowledge, to get that advice, someone who's been within the organization and who can provide some guidance. Uh, and so an engineer doesn't necessarily have to be mentored by the senior engineer in their particular area. They just need a senior person within the organization that's willing to provide that information and provide that support. And sometimes, depending on how tight your career tracks are uh you know the things that you need are not like oh i need x y or z knowledge to move up no what you really need is you need advice about the social stuff the political stuff within the organization that's what's most valuable uh so i think there's a lot of value in that and and getting that from a a mentor or a mentoring program
2: yeah and i'd say too it's also what growth you need um because I, i think that definitely comes up um when we talk about somebody like Aunt May in the comics, is there's sort of this idea. Uh, Brian Cronin, who writes who writes a lot about comics, a lot of good stuff, talks about uh, that Spider Man always Peter Peter Parker's initial thought is always kind of wrong because he's <laughs> thinking about the money, he's thinking about this, uh, and so but his values ultimately break him in the right direction. So him quitting his Spider Man, him you know trying doing this, and sort of his first origin is kind of him not, you know, kind of being like, oh, I'm going to be famous and not really thinking about that responsibility that using his powers for good. Uh, and you actually see that in that first appearance is Uncle Ben's giving him some advice. And he's kind of like, uh, you got nothing old man. You know, you don't know how to be a Spider-Man, which is very true. Uncle Ben, as far as we know, has never been a Spider-Man. That might be a future revelation. Who knows? Dan Slott, if you're listening, feel free to take that. In um but 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 uncle ben ultimately becomes this huge impact on him again because he thinks about this great power with great power comes great responsibility it's been said in a few different ways but that's always kind of the thing that brings him back is this inspiration of this mentorship and i think that's 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 what aunt may has played in the comics and in the movies sometimes is that voice of values even if she doesn't necessarily know what he's doing or what it means to be a superhero, those are still things that matter to him. Uh, but you need to see that. And that's the thing, he ignores Uncle Ben. He ignores Aunt May. Um, he doesn't want to reveal his secret identity to people because he thinks he'll get in trouble. And there's a lot of that in the comic of him not getting mentors because he's busy being worried about you know, uh, getting revealed and the negative impacts of people knowing. Uh, and so that match is so important. Because the perfect mentor might be right there, and you just don't, you know, you just don't realize it. You don't accept their info, uh, even if others might say that person should. They maybe you, could be, but if you don't see it, it doesn't.
0: You could also just go for the wrong mentor, because I think there's some line, uh, There's a mention of Doctor Otto. I had to go back and look up who Octavius Doctor Octopus. I think is who it is, and he's like, "Yeah, that should be who I am with." And we find out later, maybe not. Maybe he's not, you know, guiding you down the right path, right? And so I think it's a good metaphor, a good learning metaphor to better understand mentorship for sure. Oh, what was I gonna... Oh, you talked about uh, the relationship piece. There's a book called Relationship Rich Education, and it talks about how instead of that one leader or that one person, we now should, in these spaces, look for these relationship webs. So if if something happens to one person or this one person can't completely fulfill, you know, the mentor, coaching, advising role, whatever developmental relationship role they fill, you have this kind of web of people, like a community mm-hmm. or village of mm-hmm. folks that you can fall back on when you need um that that those relationships as well as in the book they talk about it's scalable meaning a lot oftentimes i know as faculty we're asked to mentor students or or be those we move into those mentorship roles and sometimes we just don't have the capacity like i'm Mm -hmm. at a large public institution i can't mentor everybody i teach i just like there's no Mm -hmm. time right but the the argument for the web is if i'm a part of more webs than i am one-on-one like individual Mm -hmm. then it can leave the students with a better experience, more connected experience, and still accomplish the same tasks mm-hmm. that we've seen in the past in terms of mentoring and mentorship. That, that, that was incredibly powerful.
3: Yeah, that, that actually, that's that's really great. And I, I want to mention something that in my consulting work, I see this a lot, where organizations put so much on leaders, middle managers, senior leaders, and they just say, no, only, only a senior leader can bequeath the information required to do this work. And it's that's not necessarily true. So there's a lot of you know, information, a lot of knowledge that's within your organization that can be shared by more than just the person with the managerial title. Uh, and we see this in a lot of different situations, both in pop culture and then also in in a, in a variety of different uh, areas. I was just thinking about Abbott Elementary as you we were talking about that. And I've been toying with uh, writing a little blog post about mentoring uh, around that. And now, now I'm gonna have to read this book about relationships.
0: Look, I will co-author that if you need somebody. I'm an Abbott elementary expert. If you need somebody, Si, I'm gonna volunteer and let you know that is, I love that. Well, I, it's funny, there's a school right next door to where I teach mm. that looks like Abbott elementary. Like my friend saw the show uh-huh. and was like, is that your school? Cause like I posted something uh-huh. about this school. Um, but but you know, speaking about the organizational piece, one of the things I appreciated was the chapter on leadership transitions and how you talked about T'Chaka and T'Challa and then Odin and Thor and those relationships and and I laughed out loud at the line. I wrote it down because it was so funny. Um, Most organizations don't have a king or queen to give birth to their next heir or leader. And and I laughed so hard when I read that because it, it it's it's true. But in making the parallels between these universes, it's like oh of course T'Challa would naturally take the throne because he's Tachaka's son and has been protecting him. But the argument you make around that they are given the opportunity, but they still have to earn the respect of the people to lead
2: is such an important story. Yeah, I, I agree with that. I, it's that question of transitions and who's succession planning and who's ready, uh, both in terms of being designated, but also being having the support and knowing how to lead. Because, yeah, that's a thing. You're just you're the next one in line, so you know you become the the king of England or something. You know that's that's just what you go with. Uh, is is not what we have in real life and in most positions um, where we we need to be getting people ready and you need to be thinking yourself. So yeah,
1: it's it's interesting so you know you've we've, we've talked about all these these different uh characters and the the drama and the you know the mentorship and the conversations and the you know choosing the wrong mentor you know I I couldn't help but think about Star Wars and you know gosh if Anakin had only chosen it stayed with obi-Wan instead of choosing the emperor as his Pal- Palpatine as his mentor you know what where would where, where would we be we, maybe we wouldn't have as many spin-offs although I am enjoying <laughs> now I'm enjoying Andor now that I've got past the third the third episode Episode. It seems to be what 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 people are experiencing. But in any case, that's what has made comic books and Marvel in in particular so captivating to audiences is, is that story development and how well they're and not, not just the story development, but the character development and the the way that we can relate to to those characters. You know, people when you ask them who their favorite superhero is, you know, oftentimes there's something that they have in common with the superhero, whether it be loss or experience or or what have you. Um and as a result, you know, they are showing up in their lived experience in, in these in these different series a certain way. I'm curious for, for both of y'all, like, what did you learn about your own leadership style as you were writing this book? Um, you know, I, I just for me thinking
2: about intentionality, uh, because I do think in a leadership role, uh, it's very easy to get focused on autopilot and, you know, filling out the paperwork where you need five drafts because they keep asking for something new (laughs) as opposed to how do we really develop stuff and how do we do that? And I think that's something that's a lot more with this book too, that leadership as influence and shared leadership ideas. um, I really try to think about that more um, as writing the book and thinking about setting that tone and that development because um, I think that's what's kind of nice about these ideas is a lot of stuff where you just have to do stuff, but you don't always reflect on it or think about your intentions as much. And so the book made me really think about that. Um, also, as a teacher, I, I, I'm a better leadership teacher now. I just taught our course is just called Leadership, Dan. That's that's <laughs> very generically called Leadership uh, in, in Management here. Uh, and it really made me think more about this and where it is and yeah, and just like Lauren was talking about, like, I'm seeing leadership even more and stuff than I used to, which I saw a lot, but now it's like everything. And that's part of the reason Cy and I have started writing some blogs about TV shows and stuff is like, I'll just watch something that we got. I got to write about that. I just saw that, you know, we watched the the show, The Sad Man. And I'm just like, oh, that reminds me of uh, succession planning. That reminds me of, you know, task analysis. <laughs> and so you know we've 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 definitely been thinking beyond just leadership as kind of like how do we show these things and so yeah, so, so dan I, yeah i'd say my leadership practice it, it has made me think a lot um i thought i was intentional before <laughs> but 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 i think i've become more intentional
1: yes yeah, so what what about
3: you uh so i would say that i've been so in, in terms of managing uh managing company and then also doing uh you know teaching uh i think i've become a lot more cognizant of how my interactions can reflect different leadership theory. And then I never used to think about, um, you know, using specific theories to kind of, uh, you know, influence behavior, but now I'm more, it, it and it's a little weird to think about, like, you know, let me, let me activate path goal theory, you know, it's like, a, or almost like a Pokemon, you know, uh, servant leadership. I choose you like uh, you know, it, it, I've been thinking more about that. And then I've been kind of tracking like how, how that's worked. So, uh, so at the company with, we, you know, I manage a, a number of interns and I think about, well, you know, how am I managing the relationship? How am I communicating, you know, and it, are things clear? Can I follow up with this person? Can I make sure that things are going okay? So those, those things I think are really important and really valuable rather than, uh, what I used to do, which is just like, oh, how's, how's the work coming along? I, I'm definitely looking more at the relationship piece. And I think that comes from also watching, you know, TV shows where people are interacting and it's not just uh, robotic. It's not just, well, tell me about today's tasks. How are they done? You know, like there's there's a lot more to it. And I'm finding that I can I can add that kind of texture into my own leadership, uh, you know, in the, in the way that I'm trying to approach it.
0: Thank y'all both for sharing that. Um, I know we've asked you a lot of questions today and I promise we only have two more. Um, So it's thinking of, well, one of the things I think about is, so Dan and I like jumped in with how do we use MCU already in our spaces, but in in writing this book and in in some of your continued writing, what other suggestions do you have for people like us who teach classes or run programs with college students, like what other other like activity recommendations or just even like discussion questions or assignments, like anything else y'all can think of that would be useful to continue applying MCU to leadership Um, theories or leadership frameworks.
2: Well, the the one thing I always talk about a lot with pop culture is um, references are not nearly as useful as examples you then talk through. Um, So I know there's a lot of discussion sometimes you see on Twitter, like kids these days, they don't know, you know, the Andy Griffith show as well, or or whatever the thing is, depending on your era. (laughs) Um, But a lot of this stuff is engaging and interesting if you actually watch it. Um, so, like for my training methods course, like I show clips from the show "The IT Crowd" um, because there's some great examples of how people can perform at a similar low level, but for different reasons. There's some good examples of stuff there, um, but the students in no way know what the IT Crowd is because, it, you know, it it was it was popular in Britain quite a long time ago, uh, but it's still engaging content, and so I think that's one of the things that I always think about. Uh, in classes is what can we use that's engaging? How can we, uh, you you know, use pop culture that's made to be interesting as a way to teach stuff or illustrate? Um, You know, one thing I've done is bring in, you know, other people's pop culture. And so I've done things through message boards or other assignments where you, you know, you rate somebody's personality from a TV show that you like, and then you talk about how would that affect leadership? And so you can pick whatever, you know, and so my international students picked the series I never heard of, um, but it was a similar thing where they could be like, okay, this person is high on conscientiousness, but low on extrovert. And I think if they were a leader, this is some of the things that would be, you know, the struggles they have or, or that type of thing as well. Uh, and so trying to make it kind of connected to what their lived experience is. Um, I know I always try to make sure that people think about their own work as meaningful, regardless of what it is. Uh, because all the stuff we talk about in leadership and training and all these things in HR, all of it is in wherever you work. Um, so I've had students, you know, they work at Jimmy John's and that's not where they want to end their career is making a sandwich at Jimmy John's. But that doesn't mean their Jimmy John's experience is not useful and can be used to understand what's going on. Because there's there's drama at every Jimmy John's, I'm sure <laughs> there's leadership issues, there's training issues, there's selection issues. No, um, don't because say, don't say
0: anything bad about Jimmy John's because I love their tuna salad sandwich. So <laughs> we don't want to speak ill. We ate lose. so much Jimmy
2: John's back in Fort Wayne when we had one close by. <laughs> uh, but but it's not that Jimmy John's is, a, you know, a cesspool of problems. <laughs> don't worry, Jimmy John's. Um, it's it's that. Every place has deals with these things. And whatever job you're in, uh, whether you're making the sandwich or the CEO, these things we learn about leadership and the workplace and the psychology work, they're all relevant. And so people bring those things in. I I really encourage that to not think, oh, this experience doesn't. I've seen that when I do some assignments about people designing training programs. uh, And somebody, one of the training they did was they're training their kids to do the laundry correctly. Uh, She was a stay at home mom and that was a real, her, you know, her subordinates were her kids who don't listen very well. That was a very meaningful thing to her and it made her understand the topic very well because she applied it to the context she's in, Uh, you know, in her future, future roles in an organization, maybe she won't be teaching kids to do laundry, but some of a lot more of that will apply than you would think. (laughs) And so making those experiences meaningful. Uh, and that you should bring them in is something that I I always try to do at least in my class.
3: So I'll I'll talk a little bit about uh you know some things with with regards to to pop culture and classes. I w- I would say that um, one thing Gordon mentioned that I want to highlight uh, is a lot of times professors are very concerned that their their references are out of date, right? And frankly you know, it, it, it's like a car, you know, once the car's off the lot, it's like the value's already gone. So we're talking about Abbott Elementary, right? Like, who knows if next year people will still be, you know, really talking about it at the level that they're talking about now. So it's less important to to find the right pop culture, uh, as long as it's something you're passionate about, and you can get students to connect to it. I think one of the really important things to do is, and, and I've noticed this over, I don't know, over the last decade or so of, uh, kind of using pop culture is making sure that students are taking the right lessons away um there are you know if you let them project too much into what they're watching they might take away the wrong uh, the wrong lesson or the or, or the wrong you know kind of uh, message and so you have to make it crystal clear whatever pop culture you're using and it could be could be anything it could be a TikTok video it could be anything that you're using in your in your class experience you really have to kind of draw that clear connection between the leadership theory and uh you know what the takeaway is for for those students. Uh I see this a lot um you know when I'm working with executive coaching clients uh or doing uh you know kind of leadership training is even with adults if you just show them a clip and they say oh this is this is what i just saw you have to draw that connection you have to draw that um relationship and make it really crystal clear for the for the student because otherwise um leadership theory isn't the easiest thing to connect to real life shocking shocking like academic research a little hard to connect uh for, for everybody in real life but I think it's important for us to really draw those connections so when you're looking at um a type of pop culture Making sure that you're really saying, well, okay, if I'm going to be using Spider-Man into the Spider-Verse, I'm going to use this scene, what are the things that I'm going to be taking away? In the same way with any other activity in your classes, you think about what instructional objectives it's going to be reinforcing, how it kind of fits into the larger flow of the class. I think it's really, really important to do. And I I would also suggest that, like, we're talking about pop culture in, in this podcast, but that doesn't mean that everything in the course has to be pop culture, I tend to use it as almost like like flavoring, uh, or as a way to develop uh, or build learner engagement, and so that way, especially when it comes to leadership, it's a really powerful tool to say, well, okay, let's watch how this process works. Uh, I think also for for students and for for coaching clients and things like that, um, understanding the value of comfort. For people to think about their own leadership and then what they see in their workplace, especially with coaching clients, there's a lot of tension around, oh, um, I don't really want to talk about my work because there's a lot of stuff happening and it's harder for them to tease things out, whereas they'll, they'll have a lot of opinions about what happens with Captain America and Iron Man.
0: That's an incredible point. It's so I love the office. You mentioned the IT crowd. I hadn't heard of that show, but I just quickly looked it up and it looks pretty interesting. But that's how I feel about the office. Like diversity day at the office is the best and worst example of diversity Mm -hmm. to use. And, uh, but unfortunately, sometimes you see these things in real life and using it as a lead-in sometimes can be helpful because again, people don't have to talk about their own experience. They just talk about what they see and can acknowledge that that's wrong. And it, it feels less attacking and more mm-hmm. um analyzing from that external perspective
1: yeah you can watch somebody fail and fail hard but with some humor right i mean michael scotts are our, our, one of our favorite you know uh i don't know if you is he a hero i guess he's <laughs> not an anti-hero let me tell you the the, the suit
0: <laughs> with the uh the woman's suit <laughs> uh episode where he mm-hmm. realizes he's wearing a woman's suit yeah. my hands down one of my favorites That is, there's yeah. so
1: many so many nuggets yeah and, and you know and to your point side and to kind of piggyback on what gordon was sharing before about his insight from this project about intentionality right it's using this these media and the pop culture and and anytime you're, you're you know don't just you know show a movie clip for the sake of showing a movie clip to try and relate to your to your students but it's doing it with uh, with intentionality. And so uh, I love that kind of circling back to, to that. Um, is there, is there anything y'all have shared so much, and this has been such a fantastic conversation. I was wondering if there's anything in our last couple of minutes here that, that we didn't ask you that you want to share with our audience. I feel like we shared
2: most things uh, you had mentioned earlier, you know, we're doing some blogs through talent metrics now, um, you know, and we're always, we're always happy to talk to people about these topics or, uh, and that as well. because um, I, I think it's it's fun, and you know, I think we really do want people to be better leaders. Um, you know, I always think that leadership just has such a huge impact on what's going on, while it's also pretty misunderstood because we often just see, well, somebody's a CEO, so they must be a good leader because they're successful as opposed to what what do you actually do to be successful? Um, I think that that's something that comes up all the time is, well, I'm not a CEO now. This person is successful. What what can I possibly do that fits that? And I think really trying to figure out getting it to a level where you can act on it is just so impactful for people to, have, to be able to do things and be a leader and engage in that leadership or followership, depending on how we're framing it uh, as well. And so that's, that's always something that I think we're, we're talking about, trying to figure out how do we How do we help people to see that and apply it?
3: I think the only other thing I would say is that, um, you know, leadership is an active process and teaching leadership is an active process. So uh, kind of thinking about what you can add to your courses is I think a lot of fun and it makes the process of teaching the material more engaging. And whether you're training, you know, CEO to be better or if you're getting a student excited about the future of, of leadership, uh that both of those are really you know valid and just take your time and think about what it is that you really want to do and how you want to approach uh you know the kind of work that you you've got in front of you and most of all i think pop culture lets us have fun and so turning turning the job of professor into something more fun is always good
0: I agree. I I value humor and I tell my students on the first day like these jokes are going to land whether you laugh or not and but Uh, uh, but I think you're right like you can be engaging and funny and you know have some good healthy conversation around these topics and it does make it a little more enjoyable in in the classroom. Well we want to thank y'all for joining us today. This was a great discussion. Um, Good luck with your research and teaching this semester. We wish you the best of luck.
1: Thanks so much. Thank you. Do you connect with leadership educators virtually? Please follow us on social media. Search the Leadership Educator Podcast on LinkedIn to find our page, and find us on Twitter at Lead Educator Pod for episode release information, show notes, and upcoming events. You can connect with me on Twitter at Doctor Underscore Leadership, and Lauren is at M R S L A U R J B. That's Miss. Laura JB. You can find the episodes wherever podcasts are available. We also encourage you to please subscribe at TheLeadershipEducator.com and rate us five stars, as the more you rate us, the easier it is for others to find us.
0: We'd like to thank the James M. Cox Jr. Institute for Journalism, Innovation, Management, and Leadership within the Grady College of Journalism and Mass Communication at the University of Georgia. The support was facilitated by Dr. Keith Herndon, William S. Morris Chair in News Strategy and Management.
1: And our wonderful theme music was composed, performed, and mixed by Dr. Matt White, trumpeter, composer, and associate professor, and chair of jazz studies at the University of South Carolina. Check him out at mattwhitejazz.com. Matt, thank you so much for sharing your musical genius with our audience.
0: And finally, we are grateful for the support of two professional associations that are destinations for leadership educators. The Association of Leadership Educators, and the International Leadership Association. ALE, which funded the start of the podcast, continues to promote our mission of continuing conversations with leadership professionals. Check out all that ALE has to offer at leadershipeducators.org. The global reach of the ILA has helped us to expand our listenership beyond our original borders. Check out the ILA's programs and resources at ilaglobalnetwork.org.